In this episode of Unpacked. There was no textbook that you could follow that said, how do I become a comedian? Okay, I can go on stage and wear very tight pants, but then I'm, I'm gonna, uh, there's 100% I'm gonna pay the price for that on stage. I feel like the prettier you are, the less people think you're gonna be funny. Comedy belongs to, and it's an abject space. It's a space of the people who are not supposed to have a voice. that know me know that I'm all about girl power, I'm all about black girl man magic and I'm all about feminism and I'm definitely a creative and artist at heart. And I thought to myself, I would love to sit down with a group of female comedians to find out about the not so funny side of comedy. And they're all here with me today. The South African comedy scene is rich with talented women who are versatile and entertaining. Hilda Satosa, popularly known as Sister H, had her big break on the second season of So You Think You Are Funny before becoming a stage and YouTube sensation. Finding her niche with popular online character Coconut Kells, Lisekho Tabi is a writer and theatre graduate whose satirical alter ego has crossed into mainstream media. Safta winning Julie Apter, who has been working as a comedy writer since 2005 on various television and stage shows, started her stand-up journey in 2015 and has not looked back since. Lindy Johnson's comedy has bagged her recognition and awards for stand-up comedy. She has been seen on festival and corporate stages countrywide. Dumi Moraike, radio and television host, MC, actress and internationally recognized stand-up joins the discussion later on in the show. It's a full house and it's all about the ladies today, the ladies in comedy. Let's unpack. I'm joined today by our talented female girl power guests. I've got in studio with me Hilda and joining us via video conference, we have Lisejo, we have Lindy and we have Gilly. Hi ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so ladies, I'm going to get started, um, you know, and jump straight into it. This is actually our first conversation on the show where we're having a full panel. Um, we have so many amazing female comedians. I literally tried to get each and every one of you. But I thought it was really important to speak about some of the challenging experiences that you may have in the industry. Um, you know, we, we look at how in the US, some of the big comedy writers, for example, the Tina Fey's, they made it big after they started doing their own thing. We look at Mindy Kaling, who says that she keeps being described as possibly the, the best a person of color, female comedian. She's like, I'm just the best comedian. So I was like, let's have this discussion. Let's open up the conversation because we might see you in the shopping mall and expect you to be funny all the time when in actual, actual fact, you're facing challenges that others don't know about. So let's start with you, Hilda. What is your stage name and what is your genre of comedy? Um, my stage name is... Uh Sister H, mm -hmm. and I'm better known as Imelda Futi Futi on social media. Mm -hmm. I have an alter ego called Imelda Futi Futi, and my style of comedy is uh, I tell stories. I'm a story, I'm a storyteller. I think mm -hmm. not. I think I know. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> so, so obviously you play in the space of television and stage. Yes, ma'am. And what what uh, was the thing that got you into the space? Because you get people who are like funny, and they're like. Oh, you should do comedy and then there are people who like you it was just always something that was going to okay, happen well i did not know about stand-up comedy as telling jokes people looking at you so i i just thought maybe being funny is coming into a sitcom mm. maybe have acted out i did not even know that people were that's the, good is nice Yes. There were script writers there. Yes. I just thought, ah, I'll just rock up there and then get to and then that's it. But then um, there came a show on another channel that I want to talk about. I uh, uh, wanted comedians to come mm. showcase and then, then I made it to top 19 mm. on that show. Then I never looked back. I was like amazed. I can stand up like for five minutes and make people laugh like, okay, and get paid for it. Okay. Yeah. I like this part because I always thought as uh, I, I always thought of myself as an actress mm. rather than a stand-up comedian. 
but mm. I was always funny. I'm the clown of my family, actually. Yo, Lindy, are you the clown of your family as well? And are you also an actress who got into comedy? Uh, no, absolutely not. My story is so different. And I think um, in some ways it is a bit similar. I wasn't a clown. I wasn't an actress. I just really had a massive passion for comedy. And like I, I did do a bit of funny things here and there. But I think that's one of the big problems that women in general face. That you can make people laugh for days. You can be the class clown, but nobody goes to Little Girl and says, yo, you're really funny. You should be a comedian. Yeah. And I think that's why we have so few women in comedy in South Africa, because there's no culture of women being funny. There's no culture of women being funny professionally. You're just a funny girl. You're not a comedian. You can't turn this into profession. And uh, a lot of women, I think you'll find much like myself, the only reason we're in comedy is because we took the initiative ourselves. I wanted to be a comedian. I wanted to find out if I could do this thing. And luckily for me, it turned out quite well. And for the viewers, what is your specific genre of comedy? My style of comedy is very much observational. It's satirical, it's self-deprecating. It's all of it mixed into one, but it's straight stand-up. No round the bush, nothing like that. Just jokes and my life. <laughs> And from your side, Gilly, I mean, um, obviously, all your stories are so unique, even though we, we, we sort of putting it under the banner of female comedians. What is different about your journey? And were you the funny girl that the guys laughed with but never asked out on a date? <laughs> yeah, they, they never. Was it that obvious? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I didn't realize you could see it through Z. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, to some extent that's true, but I, I also think like comedy in general is something that people often get into through different routes, you know. Um, that's kind of what, one of the beautiful things about it. Like I was a writer uh, and a filmmaker for a very long time. I still am. And I think I just, you know, I got a lot of encouragement to do comedy, but only much later in life and only by professional comedians that I work with. You know what I mean? Not, uh, it's like Lindy says, you know, it doesn't occur to people if that's what you would be. Mm. And even now, you know, so often, especially in the beginning when I was starting and it was only like five years ago, I would sit with the comics who were mostly male and and people would think I'm somebody's girlfriend. We still get that. <laughs> oh my God, that's <laughs> all the time. You're with a group of male comics, like a guy will come up to them, you know, shake everyone's hand, greet you, not even say hello. Like I'm all, maybe I, you don't think I'm a comedian, but I'm a person. So just say, you know, so often that's what happens. Like people think that you're an accessory or, or whatever it is. Mm. And it's, it's so, it makes it so obvious why there aren't more women doing it. Yeah. And what is your genre uh, of comedy? Do you also have a stage name? Um, I use my, my own name and um, I, think it's, I think it's okay. I, you know, in the beginning when you're bad, you want to use a different name. But then when you <laughs> there was a jab at Hilda. Wow. And Lucille no I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> That was not a personal attack. I love the stage. That was not a personal Guys, attack. Guys, she's, she's not attacking you. She's attacking your characters that Actually. you play. It's your characters. <laughs> no! that were available we got quite a few women of uh, a mixed batch of women actually all, all that we're yeah. just missing one or two you know but i think this is quite representative listen for your genre of comedy and how did you get into it um i guess my genre is satire and it's like more video based um social media based and i was a little bit different because i didn't plan on being a comic and i don't even know if i like am one um, but it kind of happened to me because of the videos that I put on Instagram. I was kind of more doing political stuff and I was uh, venting, if you will. And I just found a way to vent in a way that I thought people would actually listen to um, in a way that would make it more palatable, especially to white people I'm um, listening. So it was more political ranting that turned into something kind of funny that turned into a career in comedy. 
and of course we know you as coconut kells yeah <laughs> it, it's interestingly yeah, enough we all know a coconut kells like we literally and all I know a yeah. coconut kells in our lives mm. whether she's the white girl or a coconut kells and i think what's been so great you know which e- with each of your individual stories is that there was no textbook that you could follow that said how do i become a comedian you know if somebody comes to you to say oh please tell me how i can also be a comedian there is no book you just had to find a journey mm. that would work for you yeah i mean i would suggest social media though if um people had to ask me because i did do acting and courses and I have my degrees in theater and i kind of thought my story Woo-hoo! would be that someone would just discover me being super dramatic and like just cast me in movies um because of we have a surprise guest do me this is like on oprah when they bring like a surprise like everyone gets it to me so i'm not gonna say everybody look under your chairs i'm gonna say everybody open your gallery view on zoom do me more thank you so much for joining us before you arrived at the party i was just asking all of the ladies to share with me how they got into comedy but also what is their genre because obviously while this is a discussion of women in comedy and the not so funny sides of being a woman in comedy uh your your stories are all quite unique okay yeah i mean i i think i fell into comedy um because i wanted to express myself i was studying drama you know and there were really not that many female comedians to consider to go oh i want to do a cheese to So the way I fell into it was I mean I was studying I was at vets and all the skinny chicks were getting all the best roles and I was like well what's going to require me uh to actually just be talented regardless of how great or horrible I look and so I started writing and I gravitated towards funny stuff and I just went with it but also comedy is that space where you don't have to explain yourself it's like people are going yeah but this person is here to to joke it's a joke so let's just be prepared for a joke And so I I was I was much more comfortable in that space because I felt like it's the first place where I don't feel like I must first explain who I am why I think I deserve to be there I must just arrive and deliver fine if I'm not funny I must go that's it not ish but can't is it because my palm is a bit too big yeah. or is it because I didn't know the guy who was booking the cake yeah I think I think you picked up on something very important which I think could be the first part of the conversation you have i mean you mentioned the fact that you know not getting certain roles because of how you look but comedy allowed you to not have to explain yourself so let's jump to that hard part of the body and the physicality of being comedians um i know com- comedians like to make fun of themselves how different is it for a woman to be able to do that Uh, whereas a guy might be like my head is so big i mean i was watching russell peters talking about how he'd gained weight and it was hardy hard but i literally feel like it's not the same as woman let's yeah start with uh, you Hilda. look it it's it problem begins when we start labeling ourselves mm. right commit if i have a story to tell and i tell it the way give atlang we want to get why am i Uh, uh, why am i get uh, why, why am i confusing myself to understand if I, i get on stage and i talk about i i have terrible teeth by the way like aknatava that's what i want people to see wa understand bang understand gore la ke to kwara wena ka hestali how i don't have a problem be comfortable with with who you are wa understand because now when i got into comedy a lot of people had a problem of me talking about my bedroom face If I don't talk about sex, if I don't talk about what gives you the right ule monna gore o bue ka ntoyak. I get I know my thing better. So if I talk Wait, about what sex, is your thing just so we all on the same page. If I talk about my punani, <laughs> yeah, my nunuza. <laughs> if I talk about my nunus. Yes. It is mine. I know it better. 
And then look how Tim is laughing. She's like, I also know that Nunus. <laughs> yeah, you understand. This is my Nunus. If I talk about my Nunus, I am the one who knows my Nunus better. People find it more funnier when a guy gets on stage and talks about a woman private part. I hey, this private part that women are big, women are small, women do this. But when I talk about it, it's wrong. Mm. I guess this is my body. I I, I need to, to and a little winky can make it by it can it can go. Uh, if I talk about the size, if I talk about, I mean, this is my body. My, you won't understand. So if I talk about your tsubinki, yes, I'm talking about it because it's a nagona. I know. I'm experiencing all this. You, Lindy, have you found the same experience just in terms of your body either getting in the way of your work or your body helping you get work? You know, comedy has actually helped me love my body so much more. Um, comedy has given me the platform to take ownership of who I am because in other people's eyes, I've always felt that they've only viewed me so narrowly, like um, I'm a fat woman or I'm a colored woman, so I'm like this, or I'm a dark-skinned woman, so I'm like that. But when I'm on stage, I own the narrative. You guys can look at me and the audience members can look at me and think all these thoughts in their head about the way I look, the way I sound, the way I'm supposed to look, the way I'm supposed to sound. But when I'm in that space, I completely own it. I completely own the room. So I get to tell you who I am and mm. it completely takes away any thoughts that you may or may not have had of me. Lesejo, have you found the same experience? I mean, you've taken on a character that has just grown into a life of its own. If suddenly they said the role of Coconut Kells will now be played by, like it would just be so odd. So have you found that your body has helped you or because you started in social media, people are trashing you because of what you look like, but actually because they don't like the things you're saying? Um, I actually find as like female comedians or females in this type of um, genre, people attack that first. Um, they're not going to talk about the content. Mm. Nobody, every time mm. someone doesn't like my work or my videos, they're not talking about the content. I'm mm. being called, I don't know if I can swear, but I'm being swear, called baby. kind of fat bitches. Swear, swear, um, swear. I'm, I'm, I'm just quoting, you know, tweets that I see when people, when people disagree with my work. It's like, oh, she's a fat bitch. Oh, fuck oh. you, like, jumbolo face. Like, literally, that's all they critique. And I've never really seen the same thing with male comics. Yeah. If people don't like their work. They just critique the content and the work, and they'll just be like, "Oh, you're not funny." Yeah. So mm. I feel like it's not easier with queer bodies and female bodies for the looks and the jugular. And for me, it's actually kind of a compliment because I'm kind of like, okay, so then it means that there's nothing wrong with the work itself. Mm. Yeah. Content is mm. great. Something else with which to to kind of drown me with, and I don't like self-deprecating humor in terms of the physical. Um, just because I like, I just I don't really think it's all that funny. But at the same time, my self-deprecating humor is the is the coconut character. I was considered a coconut, and so that's the self-deprecating route I go. Um, and for me, I just feel like the same as Lindy. It is that you can't see me as just that black girl. And that's on you. Uh, I know Whoever's child is here, can they just uh, come on camera once? Whoever's child. What <laughs> mine? <laughs> It's not, not mine. mine. <laughs> so let me... Definitely not mine. <laughs> Thank you. It's not <laughs> mine. Definitely not mine. <laughs> Gilly, Gilly, I want to jump to you, being the slender of the group, you know, and... And hard. <laughs> and hard. Like, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Only women of color think that I'm the thin one. <laughs> really? <laughs> Seriously, I'm the big person in the group. Where I come from. <laughs> what, what has your experience been with using your body for your craft and your art, and how has it worked against you? It's definitely a, a, an issue that I have to think about. I I think a lot. Well, I will say this, especially when I started, but even now, I thought and think a lot about what I wear on stage, depending on what I want to talk about. So. It's, it's quite tricky because if I want to talk about a subject and, I, you know, I've got, I've had to, I, I feel like I've had to, but it's not just me. Everybody sort of has to, as a comedian, you have to draw 
it's like Lindy says, you have to own the narrative, right? So, so I know when I go on stage, maybe people are thinking a certain thing about my body. Then if I say something about it, like she says, I get to own the narrative. Mm. So I did that and I've done that for a very long time. But sometimes I don't want to talk about that stuff. I want to talk about something else. And then I really have to consider how I look in the sense that mm. like, okay, I can go on stage and wear very tight pants and, you know, uh, uh, wear something that draws attention to my body. Um, but then I'm, I'm going to, uh, there's a hundred percent I'm going to pay the price for that on stage. Mm-hmm. So, so it's very tricky. You, you know, you, uh, I would like to believe that, you know, yes, the content speaks louder and you can say whatever you want. And it's true, but I have found that I'm often having to do stuff to draw attention away from the body in whatever it is. But, but that's not, I don't think that's necessarily unique uh, to women. People are thinking, or an audience is always thinking something mm. when they see you. Mm. I just think with women, it does tend to take a nastier side towards, uh, uh, it, it goes towards the sexual and it goes towards whatever the preconceived idea is that people have of women, especially if the audience is full of men. So it's like, yeah. it, it is a tricky thing and it's definitely something you have to think about. And I, I spent a lot of time thinking about what to wear yeah. to address that issue. And I think that's... Can I be honest? Mm. Like I, went to a, I went to a strip club and when I watched the, the, the pole dancers, right? And I got to see quite a few different offerings. And I realized men are confusing. And I think that's the time I actually let go of being obsessed with how I dress on stage. Because I went, actually, at some point, all there is a guy in here who all they're seeing is a lollipop and they just want to lick, lick, lick. <laughs> like, mm. so... <laughs> I think women can't run away from the fact that men will sexualize us no matter what. Mm, And what happens with a comedian on stage is we attack that. And so with self-deprecating humor, I found that I will cringe when someone is being self-deprecating as if they they, they haven't dealt with themselves and we are watching them deal with themselves and it's really uncomfortable. As opposed to someone who, because I know I did a lot of that when I was starting out in comedy, but what I loved is the women who come to me afterwards and go, shoo! Where to own your body because I wasn't going up there and apologizing for it. I was going, oh, this is how you get this. If you're looking to have some of this, this is how you get this. Mm. And I think that what I, what's exciting about the new female voices I'm hearing is that ownership. Because I think when I was starting out, the women who fell off for the most part were on stage apologizing for being women. Or in yeah. their heads, they thought they're fighting for women. But all they were spewing was, I'm so sorry, I'm up here with a vagina. Let me just rephrase why I'm here with my vagina. And then doing that. And I mean, I also had uh, someone come to me and say, you know, if you really want to be funny, you really need to don't wear makeup, just look okay, but dress like the guys, kind of really desexualize yourself. And I was like, but I can't. I've got hips for days. Actually, There's someone out there <laughs> looking at me and wanting to disappear in them, whether I cover them or not, they are there. So, look, be- be- before we jump think- to the sexualizing part and the, you know, how far women are allowed to go with sex, you know, you mentioned something to me about owning your body. And, and most of you ladies have said you became comfortable with your own bodies. And I'd like to pick your brains. You know, sometimes when I post pictures on Instagram, people are like, ooh, girl, you're so confident. And I what think to myself, oh, hold on. <laughs> what does that mean? I know this sounds like a compliment, but actually it's almost like, who shame, Nana? At least you're proud of yourself, you know? Yes, do you get I that guess. feeling when I people are like, that. hey, do me, you're so confident. I don't think people go to Heli Berry and say, Heli, you're so confident. <laughs> I, I do say, though, to those girls who do that to appear on Instagram, I'm like, oh, you're so confident. Listen, um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about that? Like people saying, you're so confident. Like, is that a backhanded compliment or do they genuinely look at you and they're admiring you thinking, oh, she's sort of in the same league as me, but she has, she's more out there. No, it's, it's people showing you their issues. It's, I think it's people yeah. projecting. Yeah, I absolutely think that people, um, whether they realize it or not, what they're saying is you shouldn't be showing what you're showing right now, but you're doing it anyway. Good for you. So like, 
Listen, you were saying something. I don't want to hear that you don't want to see me in a bathing suit. Rather just keep it pushing. It's fine. Yeah. There are lots of people, not lots of people, like three people on Instagram that really want to see me in a bathing suit. And I cater to those uncles. Listen, <laughs> 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 you were saying something there that we just didn't hear you. What were you saying? Oh, no, I was just saying, because I think it's completely an insult. I don't think there's any, like, mm. compliment in it at all, because it's just kind of like, how dare you? Mm. It never really comes, I mean, unless it comes from, like, even a fellow plus-size lady, um, I think that, in that sense, is like, oh, wow, I'm shocked at this, at your audacity, almost, to post yourself showing this body that's not palatable to the, to the masses. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I always find it very insulting, and I actually don't, say anything back when people say that because I'm just like, should I not be because I'm not, you know, the archetype of whatever you think sexy is? Like, that's wild. Sexy as fuck. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so would it be rude to then say to yeah. somebody who's saying you're so confident, you respond you're so insecure? I love I'm always about all that stuff. So for me, I'm definitely like both people. I'm not going to be like a comedian and then dress like a man and do all these things mm. because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to look like. I'm definitely also glamour, hair, makeup, mm. all these things. So I'm, you're going to see that part of me too, whether you like it or not. Mm. This, this, this actually happens with our colleagues also. Because mm. I remember the when male colleagues or female male colleagues. Yeah. I remember what Dumisha said her, when she started. She felt her, she want, she needs to dress up like the guys and yeah. whatnot. I would dress up like that, ne? How this one time I'm in my leather pants and how this guy comes to me, hey Mara, you look so nice. Why won't so fit? Why have you been hiding this body? I'm like, who was I hiding to? <laughs> who was I hiding it to? I guess this is my body. I know Horki Emipil. You have the calves, you have. I'm like, okay. So, Uchori, like, I was not appealing. This argument, which is that you get, there's the issue of your body on stage to an audience. And yeah. then there's the issue of the body with your colleagues. Yes. Mm. And what does that you know, mean? Which is exactly what happens. What does that mean? Because... Obviously, we won't see that. We, we see a camaraderie of comedians when there's a show, next one, line up, next one. Mm. That's what we see that are not behind the scenes. Are you saying it's the same as the lady in the bank who's having, you know, her colleagues tell her how her butt looks great today? She must wear heels more often. I say it's the same. You know, it's, it's exactly like that. Well, the mm. issue is that, um, it, especially like you say, if you have handed to your group, which often happens without you even realizing, mm. if you are surrounded in a group and that group happens to be men night after night after night, and we don't work in offices, we work in bars and clubs um, mm. and we're out at night and we're out on a Friday night and a Saturday night. So we are dressed the way we would dress in the world. So now you are, I had a situation where I was doing a show and I came in my like, whatever, regular day clothes and I had to change to do the show. We were, we were filming for TV and I came out in a dress and heels and one of the guys was like, something, he, he, he said something like uh, about my body and da, 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 in front of all these dudes. And I, mm. I laid into him so hard. I was like, don't ever talk about my body, you know, in a sexual way with colleagues. And like, I'm, and, and I was, I did it because I wanted everyone to hear. Now, if I do that, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an adult. I've been in a few industries. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm confident. I've learned to do these things over time. And he was very young, so I could shut him down. But I, but I shudder to think about the very, very young uh, woman in that environment and what she has to tolerate for so long. Because it's, uh, you know what I mean? It's not, you, you can't take for granted the fact that I, there's a number of privileges that I have that allowed me to back chat that person. Mm. Can I just mm. ask you to do that thing? I heard another word about it. Mm. Thank you so much, but I have to run now. I'm very sorry. This conversation is extremely Bye, interesting sweet. to me. Thank it you for joining us, Lindy. All right, so I think that's a good point then to shift to the hard conversation which you raised about sex. I mean. It's almost like I was listening to what you're saying, Gilly, about the guys making fun of your body. And it's almost like they, it, it's more accepted because they're comedians. Mm. 
Whereas comedians can sometimes be boring in real life. So that's not actually an excuse. Tell me about it. I've interviewed it. comedians and they're the worst guests. And I'm not, I don't mean you ladies. Oh, wow. Comedians make Thank some of you. The, the worst guests. But I'll tell you why. It's partly because we expect to be laughing the whole time. But yeah, actually true. you're there to be true. talking about yourself. True, true. And a lot of comedians, when you're just sitting talking. They force not, it out. Yes. They, they, they're not comfortable in that space. Mm. So... Let's talk sex. To me, you always talk about sex. Orata sex. Orata people. I do. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> oh, I, I actually, it's so funny because I've gone through my set. Like, I mean, when we talk about my set, we're going all the way back to about 2005. And sex is such a small percentage of my comedy. Um, maybe it just stands out because, you know. That's exactly what I talk about. As a woman, if you talk about sex even a little bit, you become a comedian who talks about sex. Yeah. Good point. I'm, I'm yeah. labeled like that and I don't care. I love it. <laughs> like I don't yeah. care. Right. We get, we get on the lineup and they be the setting up the lineup and they're okay. He'll like, oh, when I walk, I'm around. I'm like, okay, no problem. I'll be in the middle and talk about the around because, like, I don't see no problem. I'm fine. Wow. Is that how you want to be known, though? No, it's, it's not like I don't have clean material. And yes. it's not, it's the way I express myself, guys. Mm. I, I like being touched nice. I love good sex. I lo- well, understand. Can I tell you why so, I think people are bothered? Because we're not even at a point where we're comfortable having the, those conversations in our homes, right? Yeah. And then you speak in a way that yeah. reminds us of that auntie or kazi or mama. Yes. We don't want to put you, yes. mama, whoever you represent, in the same category as sex because we're not ready to process mm. the fact that our parents fuck. And we should, we should all but be comfortable. The ones, but they're the ones who teach us this stuff the most. I have never been... I remember I was doing a show... And in between, there were some old ladies and this other one comes and tells me, hey, when, how often do you see your husband? Because we only see you all over the place. And I'm like, yeah, I see him. And he goes and shows now. And I'm like, this old woman, I didn't expect her to be saying these things to me. I don't know what to do with this. And then I realized, no, actually, those are the dirtiest people you'll ever find. Aye. Those older people. Ah. Hmm. But you know what? The thing is, here's the important thing about comedy. Why are you going to find that this is where women are at their most raw? Is because comedy belongs to, an, it's an abject space. It's a space of the people who are not supposed to have a voice. Mm. That's the original home of comedy. It is the space where um, the, the minority of any society jump in and they speak and they give it to the man. They give it to the majority. They, so, so women take up a space in comedy where normally in, outside of that space, they're not allowed to. And so we are going to take up spaces like that because our bodies are sites of war, man. Mm. You know, like when, when, when they speak about men, you will find an advert speaking about helping a guy get it up. You will see adverts with women who are scantily clad. When they talk about us, it's always about health. If it's not health, it's about how we're being attacked. It's never about pleasuring us. We it's are. never about mm. us and our, our happiness in that physical space. Mm. And so comedy all of a sudden is a space where we come in and we're like, actually, we are going to own everything and have a voice about everything. I mean, I remember when the Malema Zuma thing was still at its height and I was making those jokes and I'd have a comedian come to me backstage and call me brave and not brave in a, hey, you're brave, well done, but brave as in, mm, you're brave, you're going to talk like that about Malema or you're going to be brave, you're going to talk like that about Zuma and like, yeah, you just did the same thing. Mm. What's wrong with me doing it? Mm. You know what I mean? And, um, and it's really stood out for me during the Zuma rape trial because I was like, I'm going to talk about this. Yeah. I'm going to talk about this because what this guy has done is gifted us an opportunity in this country to talk about the culture of rape. So, and I think maybe that's why sometimes you'll say comedians are boring because we're laughing on stage, but we're laughing at the things that hurt. Mm. We're ha- laughing at the things that hurt us. We're laughing at the things that we are choking on, gagging on because we're not allowed to say them and they're sitting in our throats. Mm. We're healing cancers. Huh. So as female comedians, our calling is even more special because we are saying to future generations of women, we are breaking that boil. We are fusing mm. that boil. We're taking the pus out. We're healing because the women after us the men must know they're real cuck because they're not going to take it. Yeah. They're going to own space. They're going to own space. They're going to take you on. 
Lesiko, I mean, in in your genre of satire and the character that you've taken on, have you found that men uh, respond to you differently? I mean, I know your your genre like plays a lot on race and class, but where are you sitting in terms of your audience and how people respond to you in regards to their gender and your content? Do they feel like you should not be making fun about this thing? Um, yeah, I mean, especially with the black people and maybe more traditional people, the thing is, how is this young girl speaking about uncles and dads in this way? Why is she disrespecting her elders and, you know, all those kind of things? Because especially coming with the accent that I come with, um, they just can't fathom that I would speak badly about our Ubaba and Watwat and whoever. Um, but also people decide when they see, I just want to touch on the comment before, because yes. people decide when they see a female comic if she's sexy or not sexy. Mm. And that's how they... They kind of, you know, um, react to their humor. Someone can talk about sex if they find her appealing, and then she won't be in that kind of, um, you know, genre. But if they don't find her quite appealing, then it's kind of like, why are you talking about this thing? No one wants to imagine you in that type of, you know, position. Um, <laughs> so I have a lot of people interact with me based on one of the two, whether they find me attractive or not. And those I can generally see straight from the first comment, which you know, sort of bucket they've lumped me in. Um, and I'm either like their fat, funny friend or whatever, or I'm their like sexual fantasy type. Um, and it's just like, that's how I will get comments. And I, I see it all the time. I think um, sure. such an important point to try and pick up on uh, from what I'm hearing you ladies saying. I mean, in so many ways, we're so advanced. But in so many ways, we're so backwards and patriarchal. And I hate to say it, but women are the true gatekeepers. Amen. My experience, the most trash. Also, people saying, people saying all the time, oh, you're so funny for a woman. I've got those comments. <laughs> 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 I literally do think women are funny, but like you're actually one of the funny ones or like, oh, so women are funny. Whatever that means, guys. I'm just like, for me, my favorite women. Even the term female comedian doesn't work for me because it means that then the general that was saying is that comedian is a male term and that we need to put female in order to separate those of us with diamonds or whatever it is. And I'm like, actually, comedian is a non-gender term. And I don't want to be a female comedian. I just want to be a comedian. And I'm sure the same for everybody on the panel. Mm, so I, I have also a lot of guys say that to me. I had, a, I had a guy come up to me, and this happens often, um, after a show, and he was like, you know, most female comedians aren't funny, but you were great. <laughs> and... By, by the way, this comment came from the average human man. And I think to him, you're not completely wrong. Just take the female part out of that. Most comedians aren't funny. Yeah. Most, Most male people in any craft, in any creative craft, the majority are not the best. Mm, the yeah. best mm. are the best. They're by definition, they are the minority. Mm. Right? Mm. So I've got this thing where I say, like, you know, I don't know about you, but I go to comedy every single night. Mm. And the majority of comedians aren't funny. Mm. And the majority of comedians aren't, are men. So I'm mm. just saying. <laughs> so, uh, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, I absolutely love that. Do you think, do you think there's, a, there's a sexy, pretty privilege that's at play? Because you mentioned how it's okay to make jokes about sex if the man's attracted to you. And then I, I, I wouldn't know what the perspective of the woman would be. Maybe she feels like you could be a auntie she wouldn't be uncomfortable uh, with it but is there a pretty privilege is there a sexy privilege when it comes to comedy i actually I think, think it's the so. opposite i feel like the prettier you are the yeah. less people see you the less people um think you're going to be funny if they, if they see someone that they think looks funny they're already like okay this person's going to make me laugh first of all just the fact that i'm laughing at them and what they look like and I feel like if people think you're beautiful or pretty, whatever it is, it's a lot harder to sell yourself as a, um, and I'm speaking yeah, people, from experience. If somebody the... thinks you're good looking, they think you shouldn't be funny, actually. Mm. So yeah. then, yeah. That's, what, that's like, what I was getting. Oh, really? That how was, is, how are you going to entertain yeah, me? But, um, but why? Yeah. Why is that? Is it because you don't want the girl you want to sleep with making jokes? Oh, because you're scared she's going to laugh at you. Like, comedy, comedy, I don't comedy is about power, friend. Yeah. Comedy mm. is about power. The minute you let me make you laugh, you're giving me power. 
Mm, now, if, if, if indeed you've objectified me and you've decided that you're going to dominate me like that, especially I in the bedroom, which is a men's place of power, then you know what I mean? Mm, mm. So obviously, they're they not even have the nerve to rate that. us. Uh, who's the yeah. most prettiest comedian amongst the females? Okay, this one. I didn't know this. I'm this sorry, but none of but this. she's not funny. Wait, okay, hold this on. one is funny, but she's not pretty. Comedians around the world are not hot <laughs> at all. So why would oh. they even have the liver oh. to be rating the woman? They are hot, you don't know though. the things. But you see, this is such a fun conversation for me because when I started comedy, I was surrounded by so many men, guys. I did not have women to turn around and have this conversation with. And so for me, yeah. it's also a very weird space for me because I'm having conversations going, I'm having to start to be conscious of these things because I've played with guys my whole career. I don't know how it is to push back as a female. I know how to push back after someone goes, oh, the audience is tough, you, but you'll be okay. And then I chill and then I walk back and then they don't want to look me in the eye because I'm a woman, I'm automatically mm. going to fall. You know what I mean? So I also think as women, there is going to come a point where also we just have to go, actually, it doesn't matter what I am. Am I funny or not? Yeah. yeah. Because you know what? Angel, and it's not up, it's, it's it's not up to the colleagues to decide if you're funny. It's you are audience. doing it for the audience. It's yes. not about them at the end of the day. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You I, mean, then, I was going on stage. Can I, tell you, can I tell you a little story? So Trevor Goombi, I'm about to get on stage. And ish, I'm sorry for naming him, but he won't care. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we're watching Angel on stage. And she's looking. Angel can't help herself. She's hot. And then he goes, yeah, but that girl shouldn't be doing comedy. She's too hot to do comedy. You know, no one's going to laugh at that. And then he turns to me and goes, but to me, you'll be fine. <gasps> Wait, and now, is that a joke? Is that a joke for you? Because he's a comedian. I guess she took no, it but as for a me, I was going, <laughs> for, me, for me, I was going, I will eclipse you any day, anywhere. Let's start now. Bring a microphone. So it's okay. That's the yes. kind of thing won't hurt me. But I was like, I hope he's not saying that to any up-and-coming comedian, any, you know, somebody who yeah, still needs to be strong in themselves in order to, to stay in this career. Because the thing mm -hmm. about us women as well is that a lot of us don't stay. We don't stay because we can't anymore with the toxic masculinity. Because, you know, stand-up comedy is so, it's, it's such a cock-up because the guys are so forward-thinking and so backward at the same time. Like, they will vote a woman to win an award in comedy but at the same time, they'll probably be taking bets to see who can lay her first. Right. It's confusing. Lesuko, uh, you were about to say something. Uh, no, I was just kind of whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, I love you so much. There's something I want it's to jump to. It's a great joke by comedian. Yeah? It's a great joke by comedian Natasha Leggero. And it's one of my favorite, favorite jokes where she says, um, you know, a, a, a male comedian came up to her and he was like, hey, Natasha, aren't you a little good looking to be a comedian? And I said to him, aren't you a little ugly to be talking to me? <laughs> That's the one. I want to jump to the discussion of money. The discussion of money, right? I sometimes feel like lineups when they pick booking comedians, they book people, then they say, okay, who are the girls? Mm. Is, is that what happens? Who's the girl? Oh, who's the girl? <laughs> is that what happens, uh, Gilly? Is that your experience? Which, which is the one girl, just so that we don't get in trouble, like when we put this poster up. And, yeah. and it's always, for me, also the same girls. Like, it's very difficult to even break in as a new female comic anyway, because, um, first of all, because people undermine me because I'm a video, I was social media based first. Um, but I've done a couple of stage gigs and people now are like, oh, okay. Now you can hang with people. Now you can whatever. But I find sometimes it's they're gonna have if they have the one comic, the one female comic. It's like from this pool of sort of the four big ones, um, and that's a problem for me as well. But they don't have they don't have many more. They don't have lots of women. Um, there's a show that went happening Joburg Film Joburg Comedy Festival mainly men. I think there were actually shows that just had men, and I was like, well, yeah. in Joburg in South Africa in 2020, mm. that's wild. You. There's, an issue of, there's, a, there's a number of issues in that world because there is, uh, firstly, there are so few women. So inevitably, you will see the same ones come up over and over. Also, the, the men get very scared. So they, if they see a woman doing well, they'll just keep booking her because they're scared to, 
that the other women are, are, are not going to do well. And and so there's an issue of, of a, a small pool, but also a small pool of different levels. So there's a small mm. pool top, there's a small pool in the middle, and there's a small pool at the bottom. And I don't mean, I mean levels of experience. Mm. That's all it is from that perspective. But it is... But you definitely have to do much more. You have to do so much more to break in as a woman. And, and definitely, it, you, you are a token of some kind. And forget about it. If there's, let's say there's, there's three white women comedians, yeah. you can't have two of those on the same lineup because yeah. they, I don't know what happens to an audience when they see two white women in <laughs> the same lineup. Gilly, I'm so glad that you are picking up on the issue when you're saying, you know, the quota and the token, whatever. What are the dynamics regarding race and the comedy industry that you personally have experienced? Um, I can tell you that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I believe are par for the course when you're a white person in any industry. Like, I really, really have to talk to myself <laughs> as, a, as a white woman. I have to be like, you know, when the complaint is being processed here, as it develops and moves towards here, I do have to like check myself and be like, is this valid? Think hard before this complaint comes out your mouth because you're going to have to defend it to the death. You know? Yeah. If you want to be like, oh, if you want to complain about something and not be seen as just another complaining white woman, which you are already being seen whether you like it or not, especially if your industry is majority people of color. So, I really have to think very hard. And that's, that's fair. I think that's fair. I'm not complaining about that. Whatever I have to deal with because of my race is whatever it is. You know, I, you know the, the, it's balanced out by kind of the privilege that I experience most of the time. So I don't think that that's, that for me is something I, whatever, I just deal with that. That's fine. But I have had to learn because I'm in an industry of men. Often I'm being uh, seen as something for my race when really I'm just experiencing sexism. So it's very hard for me to tell sometimes when, um, let's say, a, a, a black or colored man is, is uh, doing something that I think isn't right for the space, when I, I have to really discern about whether or not it's, it's a race thing or if it's misogyny. Because often the, the, the misogyny is veiled by the fact that it's a black-white thing. And I, I think that's such an important thing you raised. Um, somebody was speaking about how black men and white women suffer with having to fight being oppressor and oppressed versus the black woman is the bottom of the pile. You're op oppressed, oppressed, oppressed. Whereas the white woman, when it comes to sexism, you are oppressed. But when it comes to race, you are oppressor. And the white man, he's just yeah. oppressor. But the black man while he is pushing for black power, is the same man that will be sexist and misogynistic to a, a fellow sister. Yeah, so I often think in that space, like, you know, um, I think a lot of the men, cons I have to think about, okay, I, I maybe don't deserve to, to have, to hold this space because I'm a white person. Mm. And then I go, but I'm a woman and I'm in a minority in the space. And I know that even, even when I am standing on that stage, if there is a woman in the audience, whether she is a white woman or a woman of color, they're going to look mm. to me and they're going to go, they're seeing a lot of people of color on stage. They're not seeing women. So they're going to look to me and go, oh, a woman is doing this. Not a white person is doing this. So I have to know that, like, I can own that space and not have to apologize for being there. But I do also have to have the wherewithal to have respect and be like, okay, you know, it's very, it's just, it is a hard line to navigate, I think. And I have to try and do it as I go. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask them a round of questions. And just by show of hands, you can tell me if it's yes or no. Okay, so yes is hand, no is no hand. So by show of hands, are you being paid enough in relation to men? Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. When you, said, when you said, are you being paid enough? I was like, no. And then you said in relation to men. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay. By, by a show of hands, um, are you still facing the same problems right now in your career that you faced when you started? 
What does that mean? No, I almost yeah, feel... Depends. Look, this this is all about a perception thing from my side because I'm not in your space. Yeah, I, I mean, started yesterday, so this like this perspective. I mean, I think for, for an outside person, for me as a, somebody who's in the media space, whenever I'm working on any project where they're like, we need a female comedian, Edumi Muraike's name would be in the first to be mentioned. You've worked, you've done all those, you're at that place. So for you to say you're still... I've got a lot of people to me was not available, so I'm actually really grateful to the diary because Edumi like, said no, so um, when are you available? I get that. <laughs> you also get that. I was with the corporates and like, okay, Edumi uh, wanted this much and can you do it for this much? And you give up, okay. Well, okay. So you're coming back to me because Edumi said no, all right. But so, I'll take it. I need the man. To me, what Hold are the on. problems? You said you, problems. What are the problems yes. you're still facing? Because in my mind, and obviously it's a perception thing, we'll look at people and be like, yo, Yana, she's made it. Mm. At that point, not just in terms of um, international, but also brands want you. Now you're crossing. You've been presenting a watch. Like, you know, for for, for the, the, the type of work that you've done, you are quite hey, we're here thinking Hurana, up there. Okay, so we see you a certain way. What are the problems that you still experience that people would never think are the case? Personal safety. Uh, mm. On too many occasions, I still have to have a comedian jump a guy who is being grabby. Um, so personal, my personal space, I, I, I nearly drove a guy over in Durban as well um, because he was drunk and a lot of corporates I found don't protect us. Mm. And so there was a time I used to travel with a bodyguard and then it became expen an expensive exercise for me. And I was like, I probably look like I'm up my own ass. But um, yeah, my personal safety, because believe it or not, no matter how successful I am, I'm still walking around with a vagina. I'm still a woman. I'm yeah. still like a rhino in South Africa. Um, so it's, mm. it's a very scary thing and it's, it's unfair. Um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for me, my personal safety. And it means everything to me because uh, I am a mother. I need to stay alive and I'm a human. I have a right to roam freely and I, I don't have that. And it, it, it's been like that since I started. Um, and I'm sad that it's the one thing that hasn't changed. By show of hands, are there some male comedians in this country, or let me just say comedians, that are completely overrated. Look how she already <laughs> I didn't know how that sentence was going to end, but I was like, whatever, yes. <laughs> yeah, really? And wh why do you think that is? Is it, is it how they position their brand or what is it? Yeah, I think it's all about branding and who you know. Let's say ho. But what the industry, um, men always the one thing I actually envy about them is that they are super confident. Like the other day, I got this random DM and I was like, Guys, am I on his level? Like, does he think that we're in the same? Oh my god, look at this guy! So I admire that they go for anything they want to go for, no matter if they have the talent. Um, and that, that's all industry, so I definitely think even in comedy. They're confident men who just, because they're really confident and, and will stand up on stage and do it, whether or not they're funny, you're going to have comedians that are definitely making it more because of their confidence than because yeah. they're actually funny. And that's actually admirable 100%. to me. 100%. And you see it a lot in, like, in the spaces that I'm in, like, you know, especially in the last five years, because I've been in a newcomer space, I see all the comedians who are up and coming. And... Wow, the level of confidence. You know, I came into, into this industry as an adult, as a, professional, as a professional writer. I had written for comedians. I had professionally written like award-winning jokes for TV. And I did not walk onto stage with the level of confidence that I see young 23 what what getting up there talking about his dick. Trust me, this is, you cannot believe the confidence. But isn't that just a man thing generally? Because I find that in music, in television, it's a man thing that the, the guy who should, before I interview him, he should be on 7,000 rand salary, tells me he expects 20K. The girl who I think should be earning 20K comes in and says, you know, if 7,000 7, is there, it's fine. Yeah, the John Cena's of always they're gonna even apply for things they're not even qualified for. So that's like, you know, kudos to you guys. Teach us because I mean, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was hosting um, the, the roast of Solly Philander. And beforehand, I was like freaking out. I was just like, wow, I think I'm underqualified. This is imposter syndrome. This is not my space. I don't do stage. And I actually had um, Stefina's runner. She's a uh, director. And she came and she was like, do you think any of these mediocre-ass men before they go on stage tell themselves the same thing you're telling yourself now? Do you think anybody is just like looking in the mirror saying, I don't deserve to be here. How am I on stage with these greats? How am I being chosen for this moment. They chose you because they know your work, because they know mm. how good you are and what you do. And now you need to back yourself up now. It's not about other people telling you this, these things. You need to believe it yourself and go on stage with the balls the size of half the men who are half as funny as you. Our brothers mm. here, totally. they have confidence. Yeah, I've learned that from the men as well. They can go backstage, ne? a whole 15 minutes telling you how funny they are and they get on stage and they die. And he's here and like, you do know me? Yeah, me, I'm funny, Baba. I feel like I know who yeah, you are. Who you are mimicking. I know who you are mimicking. We all know who that is. <laughs> no, guys, don't. No, 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 no. Okay, f- uh, final thoughts, ladies. Uh, let's start uh, can with I just, you. Can I, can I just add a small mm. thing to that? Can I add something small to that? Mm. Uh, that's something I've learned from being around men so much. I, I, you know, and, and where I can, I try to learn as much from that thing as possible. I was once about to go on stage, uh, I was with Mojak Loco backstage and I say to him, uh, um, I said to him, you know, I, uh, I, we were about to go on and I was like, we were, I was nervous that I was going to bomb. And he said to me, oh, he goes, I, I'm, I'm not going to bomb. And I, and I said, I started a sentence. I was like, yes, that's because you're, and I was going to say like, he's brilliant. He's experienced. And he finished the sentence for me. And he went, because I refuse to. Mm. And and now when I think have that thought in my mind, I think of Mojak and I think I and, and when he said that, I was like, you know what? I also refused to. And he was like, there mm. you go. And that was it. Mm. Wow. Powerful. So ladies to wrap up and I'm just going to go around to everybody. What is the one thing that you want women that admire you, look up to you, um, that you want them to know about the space and the industry they might be interested in going into? And also, secondly, what would you like South Africans to know? I mean, we are speaking about the not so funny side, the difficult side, the dark side of your space. Let's Let's start with you. Oh my gosh, so unprepared. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> unprepared and oral. I feel like I'm in Miss South Africa. Okay, um, my favorite dish is puppy. Um, yeah, okay. Wow. No, please start with someone else. I even forgot the question. Okay. Is, uh, Gilly, let's start with you. What is the one thing you want women that want to get into this industry to know about this industry? Secondly, what is, what is the one thing that you want South Africans to know about the, you know, the context of this conversation we are having? Okay, so for women who want to get into this, I want you to know that it's not nearly as scary as it seems right now. You will be terrified on your first gig and the fear gets exponentially less, less so. It just divides. It just divides exponentially. It's always there, but it divides exponentially. The more experience you get. And because, not in spite of, because you are a woman, you can handle it. You can bomb and then you can come back. You have faced far more injustices, far worse injustices than having people not laugh at your jokes. I think women are particularly cut out for this job because... I feel like it's in our nature to suffer. <laughs> we are resilient. So, we are resilient. Resilient. You can do it. You can actually do it. It's much less scarier than you think it is. Trust me on that one. Um, and then what I would like South Africans to know is, you know, if you don't think uh, women are funny, that's fine. Stop telling us. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is so uh, yeah. well said. Like, just keep it to yourself. Like you know that. Like just like you see, if you see a woman, a, a blanket rule: never tell any, never ask any woman if she's pregnant unless you see the the the, the head crowning. <laughs> unless you unless you are the delivery, unless you are the nurse delivering the baby, don't ask her if she's pregnant, and don't tell women they're not funny. Please leave us out of it. I'm sorry, that was hilarious, but well said. Do me. Same questions. Yes. Same for the women, just do it. 
Nike, do it. Mm. The biggest speakers, especially for women of color, the biggest speak- talkers are our mothers. The funniest people we know, the funniest storytellers are our mothers. Therefore, it is on our nature to tell stories. Own this space and just have a good time. Have a good bloody time. Doesn't matter. Just have a good time. And for South Africa, I, I'm really tired of fighting just because my anatomy is something that you guys are hunting like it's a horn and a rhino. I think we really need to, it's enough now. Okay. Eh? They can, can we laugh together and can I laugh with you without you thinking that it means I'm open game for you? I'm funny. I'm not loose, not a whore. I'm just funny. I'm an entertainer. But also if you were a loose hoe, that's also okay. No, no, no. It's your nunu, babe. No, no. Careful with the language. There are mm-hmm. women who own what they want and they know what they want and they will eat it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday like any other guy. That's not a loose hole. That mm. is just a woman who likes what she likes. And then there are the ones who are better than us, whose things can get tax numbers because they get their money for that also. That is not someone you disrespect. That's someone whose craft and hustle you respect. So I will not call them loose holes. So don't treat us like we are. Mm. All right, Lesejo, are you ready? I saw you writing your speech <laughs> and practicing. <laughs> okay, and action. <laughs> Um, for the women in this industry, I don't even feel like I'm qualified to give advice yet. Like I said, I started like six hours ago, but um, I would say don't be afraid to fail. And I feel like that's for any industry. It's like people, I have no women who think they're super funny, but they're just too scared to go for it because the world has told them that they're not, or, you know, they're too afraid to fall flat on their faces um, and fail. And for me, it's like failure, if in that, I mean, you know, it's not really a word, but failure is just a, a little step. And then you get back and you get the notes and you get the, the things that you can do better and then you improve and you go back again the next day. Um, because I've seen lots of comics even become funny over time because of, of failure. Hmm. So I would just say go for it, go bold um, and don't let people stop you um, or tell you you're not funny. Then for South Africa, if you have um, an opinion on, on, on people's comedy and content, focus on the content. Stop calling me outside my name. Stop talking like you weren't raised by human beings. Um, stop calling me all kinds of fat bitch, telling me you're going to rape me, murder me, or whatever it is because you disagree with my content. Mm. Speak about the content if you don't like it. If you have nothing to say, it's probably because it's fucking good. So mind your business and focus on your own um, sort of mediocre lives. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. That's for Miss South Africa. That's speech. That's, that's your winning speech. <laughs> you. That's the crowning one. I'll see you then. <laughs> Um, please let's remove everybody else from the soundproof booth. <laughs> what was that? Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, be original. Whenever you come into the space, do not try to mimic Dumi. Do not try to, to mimic Sister Age. Do not try to be anyone, but be yourself. Be, be original. Be original. That's going to set you apart from the rest being original. And for South Africa, we're no longer breaking the ice. We have melted it. Sisters are here to stay. Thank you. Amen. Ladies. Oh, oh, can I throw something in? Yes. Those who can't troll. This one I have to say, South Africa, especially those of you who live on social media, those who can't troll, Hmm. put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get <laughs> Ladies, I can't thank you enough uh, for joining the conversation. And I, I, I mean, we haven't peeled back as many layers as uh, we could be peeling back due to time restrictions. But I hope that it does open a conversation and show a different perspective, not just to your fellow colleagues, but to fellow South Africans. And oh, thanks for collaborate more. As well. you collaborate more. People who try with males. So I'd love, I'd love women to work well to reach out to me or my, like accept my calls and work more. With me. <laughs> 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 we are on it, girlfriend. Do it, do it. Yeah, because I, I mean, all the shows that I've done have been chosen by um, men and put on stage by other men. To be honest, so I do think sometimes we need to stop gatekeeping this industry because we feel like there can only be one, mm. and just allow ourselves mm. to collaborate because we're also much better as as a team than we are yeah. as sort of enemies. I can't thank you. I don't think it's us. I think it's guys. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't thank you enough, ladies. 
I think um, this conversation could continue forever. And obviously, there's certain topics that bleed into the entertainment industry. Uh, but obviously, to Lindy in her absence, thank you so much for joining us. Lesejo, all of you. Gilly, do me, Ozilda, please Thank keep doing so what you're doing. It's Push so the wonderful. boundaries more. Piss people more often. Keep making us laugh and just be yourselves, man. I admire and respect each and every one of you. Thanks and for us. So there you have it. Thank you. Thank They're you. not female comedians. Giddy comedian. Dante. Good night. <laughs> Next time on Unpacked. I didn't know that you can be betrayed by somebody that you thought you have a loyal relationship with. Be very quiet. Um, do as he says. Otherwise, I'm going to get hurt. Did you at moments um, want to no longer be there? Like, were there parts of you that hoped that they would kill you? That sort of made me understand the fact that, okay, I'm being a sex slave. That's Unpacked with Rilebukhile Maboja. New episodes weekdays at 5.30pm on my YouTube page. Don't forget to subscribe. Television edited broadcast weekdays at 5pm. Open up with S3.